0: You are listening to the Anormo cast.
1: One would think that a dirtbag like Alex Honnold would sit back and let that sweet, sweet free solo money wash over him, like the sweat washed over your armpits watching him paddle up the free blast sands rope. Didn't look exactly solid, did it? But he ain't partying with DiCaprio quite yet. Instead he's doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on the Honnold Foundation, his nonprofit dedicated to creating equity through solar projects around the globe. And now Black Diamond is giving you a swank opportunity to get on board with the Honnold Signature Chalk Bag and Solution Harness. What's the Chalk Bag like? Well, you know, I've got one. It holds chalk. Sits there for when you're sweaty. No dumb pockets or zippers or anything. And the Solution Harness, well, Alex Honnold doesn't always climb in a harness, but when he does, it's a solution. But most importantly, the Honnold Foundation gets a kickback from BD every time you buy a Honnold Signature product. So check them out at BlackDiamondEquipment.com or your favorite local shop. And if you don't want commerce getting in the way of your giving, donate directly at HonoldFoundation.com and keep that ratty old harness that scares your partners. We gotta get Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place outside out. of town. That's Very a big nice. place. You oh, so are it out. i so oh, really job. should.
0: Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed having with you. We'll make I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later. Anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment. With support from Maxim
1: Ropes. And the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the EnormaCast.
0: And now back to the show.
1: (laughs) Hello and welcome to the EnormaCast. This is your host, Chris Calusa. It is about 1230 p.m. On October 10th, 2018, no, October 11th, 2018, where do the days go? And this is episode 161 of the Cast, a conversation with climber Jordan Cannon. Not a household name, but Jordan is getting after it, a young wall climber, a young climber steeped in tradition. And I think we're going to see a lot more from this guy in the coming years. And before that, I just want to mention how much fun I'm having with my advertising Because the two most famous American climbers at this moment, Tommy Caldwell and Alex Honnold, are both affiliated with uh, at least one of my main sponsors in the case of Tommy Caldwell at Sportiva. And Alex is affiliated with both my main sponsors, Black Diamond and Sportiva. So despite the fact that I don't know if I have any legal right to use them in my advertising, and I fully expect someday to get a cease and desist letter, from their lawyers, maybe Andres too, I don't know. Alex will be like, oh yeah, dude, my lawyer said you have to cease and desist, whatever that means, no big deal. And uh, I've been saying Alex Honnold so much on the show that it's almost like a parody uh, I'm, I'm creating over here. Anyhow, uh, just want to let you know that that's what's going on in my brain as far as my advertising is concerned. I don't know if all you guys skip it or if you hang around and listen to it. I hope you do. Because I tell my sponsors that you do, uh, even though I have no idea and no way to know and if that actually means you buy anything. But please, consider supporting the sponsors that support me. That's how this works. And I'll just keep saying, Andra and Honold and Caldwell. And I ought to get a DeJulian in there, too, because she's at Sportiva. But her lawyers actually scare me. Lawyers locked in their offices with cases of Red Bull should scare everyone. Why has Sasha DeJulian not been on the EnormaCast? Well, I'm working on that. Her globe-trotting schedule makes her very difficult to pin down. Okay, let's talk about Jordan Cannon. First of all, this is a climbing one, which is good because this is a climbing podcast. In the last episode, we were not talking about climbing very much, which I heard about from you guys. So we're back to climbing, doing a Climby Climby podcast with Jordan Cannon, young climber, I've been interested in what he's been doing because he has sort of a different path for the young climber these days, I think, anyway. The path of climbing in a gym forever and then doing comps and then, you know, you start to go outside a little bit. And then, of course, after you master sport climbing and bouldering, you start posting pictures of you trad climbing. Well, Jordan... Skipped a lot of that. He went straight to climbing big roots pretty much, and got into wall climbing very early in his career, just a couple of few years after starting climbing altogether, which that kind of audacity can really pay off. And it did in his case. So the interesting thing is is in the last couple of days I've been talking to Jordan texting pretty much, although he talked on the phone one time, and he's been up on Golden Gate on El Capitan. You've heard of that right? El Capitan, Spanish for the captain, working on it. And when I say working on it, I mean literally as a custodian. He talked to me and I had sort of some complaints just about what kind of mess the route was in, in terms of old tat, old bolts, some bolts gone, some old rivets about to be gone. You know, something that had been sitting up there for a long time without much love. And he's made it a mission over the last five or six days to be up there, mostly on his own cleaning that thing up, replacing that tat, replacing a bolt or two, and getting the root into shape for the world-class status that it deserves. Plus, he wants to do it, which you know is sort of self-serving, but a lot of times that's how these projects get done. And I'm pretty impressed with that kind of dedication. While well, most people muddle through clipping the old tat and then forget about it, like I did, Jordan went up there to fix it and make it into something that's modern anyway. And before you start flaming him on the taco, he's replacing bolts, not adding them. So I literally got a phone call from him while he was in the middle of the route. And we talked about a little problem he was having with his drill. Not his power drill, his hand drill, of course, because it's Yosemite. But I thought that was kind of funny. I'm like sitting in my living room. If I had an armchair, aka the armchair mountaineer, I would have been sitting in it. I don't have one. So I sat on the couch and I just thought it was pretty funny and ironic that this young really good climber much stronger than i am much more likely to do great things is calling me for advice about how to deal with his drill that was stuck i don't know why that struck me as so funny it's kind of like calling your grandpa you know because you're having a problem with your email but we had a nice chat and while we were chatting the knob that he was slung to slipped off and he took a big swing and so i basically was like dude put your phone away concentrate on what you're doing i do not want to be responsible for anything that happens to you up there. And he texted me when he got to the top, jugged out to the top, and realized he forgot his headlamp. And then he did the entire East Ledges Descent in the dark by feel, I suppose. I don't know if there's a moon out. It's been cloudy and snowy and rainy here. So uh, I don't know. He made it though. That's the kind of guy we're talking to today. Just so amped and excited that he can blast through the East Ledges Descent in the dark. No problem. And one last quick note, we do talk about the accident on the free blast from the spring with Tim Klein and Jason Wells. Uh, unfortunately, Jordan and his partner were front row witnesses to that terrible accident. And before the interview, I asked Jordan if we could address it. And he said yes, but, you know, it was a little wary and didn't want to spend too much time on it. But we do bring it up in here. If you're interested in more of my thoughts on that accident, uh, we did address it over at my other podcast. Now the new podcast, the Run Out, at runoutpodcast.com. dot com. I think it was the second episode. Anyway, so we get into it here. Just a heads up that I was treading into some stuff that Jordan, you know, was definitely wary to talk about. It was only had been a few weeks since he had uh, been there. Not only to witness the accident, but he and his partner got the third person to the ground afterwards and uh, we get into it later on in the podcast nevertheless i hope you enjoy this one and please check out jordan's social media i think he does a great job over there and he has a good head on his shoulders but a good reverence for their tradition and where he wants to take it hey folks have you fiends seen the don waller free solo yet well, spoiler alert: the one thing all the principal climbers in those amazing films have in common, besides the bedhead and spectacular abs, are TC Pros from Sportiva. That's right; those fellows trusted their dreams to the face and crack shoe designed by Caldwell himself to tackle the big stone all day, every day. And Tommy wants your dreams to come true too. So, if you want to stick to rock like your elbows stick to the table at Golden Corral, and you want your toes to luxuriate inside cracks like it's their home, that's your home. Are you too good for your home? Then check out the TC Pros and all of Sportiva's great shoes at sportiva.com or your favorite local shop. And yeah, TC stands for Tommy Caldwell. Am I the only one that took a while to figure that out? He's been just so cool with doing his shows for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz that one we did um the first one right well the second one we did last summer where he you know about solo in the nose the free rider or the free rider it was like fucking i mean i was kind of like the first guy he talked to about it mm, cool and while we were doing it i'm like thinking like you i don't know if you're supposed to be telling me all this alex you know because it's like cuz of the movie and everything. yeah cuz of the movie yeah. and yeah. it's like all under wraps uh-huh. and and but i wasn't going to stop him but i was right. like are, are, is Jimmy Ching gonna come and like <laughs> smash my computer and like <laughs> give, me give me the file exactly it's uh, like, uh, like Zoolander yeah. the files there's no well, files in here I'm sure he was stoked because he yeah. you know to talk to a climber about it as opposed to like, yeah yeah no I got that impression the the too, media barrage it, afterwards but it was super cool and people I mean it was a great candid interview about the whole thing so um, okay so that covers that um, and that's about it okay that's all you really need to know I'm like surprised you even
0: asked me to be on the show. I didn't know you like knew anything about me or my climbing, so I'm interested to just... So that's
1: oh, okay. the thing is that you know, I I, I noticed your climbing. You know, social media is is this thing and for all the good and the bad, the good is that yeah, I can like clue into what all my friends are up to, but also, you know, find these these people that I think are doing interesting things. Mm-hmm and i don't know why but i don't know why yours popped up but i started watching what you're doing mm-hmm. you know you know my impression was there's like a bit of this old school vibe and what you're how you're approaching climbing which i thought mm-hmm. was interesting mm-hmm. you know considering what you get know, with the social media feeds you know it's all 90 percent of it is people filming themselves like yeah like hangboarding or like uh, and... doing the moon moon board or whatever yeah, like so <laughs> that's what i think what caught my eye at first um and then You know, there was like a, there was like a. You're younger, and so you have, I think, a sense of what social media is and how Mm -hmm. to use it. And Mm -hmm. and I, my impression was that you had, you know, this idea of how to present yourself through social media. It didn't seem that random. Um, So anyway, so I want to ask you about your climbing first, and you're nodding your head when I said old school. Um, do you think that's a, a decent impression of sort of the way you approach climbing? Yeah, I mean, I
0: I definitely identify more with the the old school approach and the older climbers than than you know the the modern modern gym climber. You know, people just starting to get outside. Mm-hmm. You have like their whole focus on performance and and training and whatnot. Yeah, I don't really
1: identify with that too much. Why not? I mean, what what's different about the way you started climbing or the way where does this attitude come from Well, this is my question because you're 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 right in that demographic in terms of of your age yeah yeah
0: I know I don't know um I think is because the main reason I got into climbing was for the adventure of it you know okay i had I had been playing playing sports my whole life but um and never really identified too much with with any one of them and for a long time I thought climbing was just a sport or an activity that I enjoyed doing but I didn't really know anything about the, the history of it. And when I moved out to California and kind of began to learn that it's more of a lifestyle and a culture um, with a deep history that, you know, you can be a part of, that's what really made me realize like, oh, okay, climbing so much more than just this fun activity,
1: mm-hmm. you know. Where'd you move from?
0: Uh, from South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. And why did you move? Uh, to go to college, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was actually, I graduated in high school in South Carolina and then, um, I went, I did my freshman year at the College of Charleston and, and tried to play soccer for them. I was really, that was like my main sport. I was mm-hmm. really into playing soccer and, um, basically like didn't cut it on the team, you know? And then there's, it's actually kind of a funny story. I'd always wanted to move to California at some point in high school. I thought I wanted to be like a, uh, a filmmaker or whatever. Yeah. After I basically got like dropped from the soccer team, I was kind of accepted like, okay, I'm not going to go to college this year or for that like fall semester. And all my friends had started back at school in South Carolina. And um, then I got, like, this random call from this coach in San Diego. He's like, school starts tomorrow. Like, I want you on the team. I'll give you this much money. Like, if you want to come and make it happen, like, get on a plane tonight. I was like, oh, okay. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I, like, totally, like, just You got changed. recruited. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it kind of turned ended up being a bit of a joke. You know, it was, like, the small private Christian school. Um, it was, like, their first-year team and everything. But, it, I mean, I... The way I look at it now is that it was like what got me out to California and that was really all I needed. I was mm-hmm. just kinda looking for that opportunity.
1: Did you stay did you play then there for your for your college career as it were?
0: Uh I did. Yeah. I ended up staying at that school for three years and graduating there. My initial plan was to play there for a semester and then look at the bigger schools, you know, like UCSD, SDSU, all those places. Because um, the California like soccer scene is pretty is like pretty big. mm mm-hmm. And I'd always kind of had dreams of of living there and maybe trying to play, play for one of those schools. But the NCAA turned all like political and they were like, if you want to transfer, that'll be your third four-year school. So you'd have to redshirt or sit out a year. And I was like, that means I get to play my senior year and then nobody wants to give you money. So it was like, that's the whole thing. I was like, whatever, I'll just stay. Okay. So it was
1: a good experience.
0: uh, I actually ended up quitting the soccer team. It wasn't a very good experience at all. No, no, no. (laughs) I like didn't identify with anybody on my team. Uh, I got injured. I actually tore my hip flexor, my, my, like the first game of the season, my junior year. And, um, yeah, then basically just became like the, the team bitch, you know? And like, cause I couldn't do anything. And everybody thought I was faking it for some reason. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I was like, you guys think I'm happy that you're taking my playing time in my position? I was like, what do you think? Um, but ironically, that was the time when I was starting to go out to Joshua Tree and I got a job at like the local bouldering gym. And, like, climbing didn't hurt my hip at all. Hiking, hiking a little bit, but, like, the movement of it, I was like, huh. I kind of took it as a sign. I was like, climbing is presenting me with so many cool opportunities and happiness. And uh, soccer is just, like, pissing me off and making me miserable. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to quit and, and join the, um or not join anything, just start going just climbing.
1: Whatever it is yeah. you join when you... When your brain switches on to climbing. Yeah. Join the cosmos. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Everybody thought I was kind of
0: going downhill because uh, I like quit the soccer team. I bought a van. I moved out of my apartment. And I just like started dirt bagging and going to Joshua Tree, mm-hmm. you know? And everybody's like, whoa, like what is going he's on with this it. guy? Like, yeah.
1: He's having a psych, psychotic <laughs> yeah. break or something. Yeah.
0: But I was stoked. Right. I mean, I I kind of liked that I was, um, that I separated myself from all of that, uh-huh. all that bullcrap, you know? Just did my own thing at that point. Right.
1: And then, how old are you now? 24. Okay, so that yeah. was pretty recently, really. Well,
0: wow. Yeah, really not that long ago. I mean, right. I moved to California like five years ago. Okay. So, I was 19, 18.
1: Right. And so, you're climbing. I mean, that seems like a pretty big progression to the kind of stuff that you're doing now um, yeah. in Yosemite. Like, pretty fast.
0: Maybe. I don't know. People People like to say that. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've... I mean when I commit to something, I like go full in, you know, mm-hmm. and I kind of think that a lot of people would see a similar progression if they, if they put in the
1: same amount of time that I like to think that I have or, you know. When you were saying that you were playing sports and didn't always identify with that stuff, but you, you mm-hmm. kept that soccer, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's a kind of a story that I hear pretty frequently in one sense. Yeah. In that sense of, of, you know, the, the path that you're on, it it's working, it feels okay, and mm-hmm. it's like easy to stay with it. Mm-hmm. But when you got into climbing, did you find that the athleticism that you already had, obviously that's gonna help. But what about you know, when you say you you've dedicated yourself and you're on this progression, were you taking like things you knew about, you know, training and and being physical from soccer and applying it? I mean in, in terms of like you've been coached for You know, twelve years of your life or more. Like, did did it make it any easier? You think, or did you just toss all that stuff and just go climbing? No.
0: Like, even when I was playing soccer, like the biggest trouble I had, especially when I got into college, and and even like in high school, was was all the training. You know. Right. Well, I think naturally I am like a better endurance athlete than I am strength wise. You know, which can translate well well to climbing because I like to do a lot of high mileage. You know, with a lot of hiking and whatnot. Um. But yeah, like when I got to college, they were like putting me on like intense training programs, trying to get me to gain weight because I was smaller than a lot of the, the other people I was competing against mm-hmm. and I was just like getting pushed around. I could run, I could like outrun them all day, but you know, like physically they were just like smoking me. So mm-hmm. so yeah, when I, when I did like throw all that, all the soccer stuff out the door and start climbing, um, I wasn't thinking at all about training. I was just thinking about. Get, like getting outside as
1: much as possible. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then, you know, my original question was about this old school idea. Yeah. So what, you know, what in your personality in your, or what was it, the draw there, like where you were going out to Josh and then you started to think, again, yeah. you're, in this, you're in this cohort, you're actually working at a gym. Yeah. Yeah, But you're like, but you're kind of going in sort of the, what is a little bit of a novel direction now yeah you know, to a certain extent which sounds strange but right
0: but, no right. i see it yeah. you know i wish more people were kind of headed in the same direction because then i'd have more climbing partners right but, but then the <laughs> roots would be more crowded too so. that's true yeah and, you know it's like a you got to find the balance there <laughs> when everybody's
1: like we need to get all these gym climbers out climbing you're like no like, no <laughs> we don't <laughs> we do not need to do that." you just got to keep the core climbing group strong so that yeah. they don't over dominate us yeah. so anyway my job. question being like yeah what do you think it was about that style or that idea that I mean was it because you are burnt out on like the 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 structure of soccer because a lot of that type of climbing has a lot of structure to it,
0: yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I've always been kind of interested in history in general, mm-hmm. um particularly with the activities that i'm uh that I participate in, like when I was playing soccer, you know, I was way into world cup history and following different different clubs like in the European League and whatnot, and you know. Like oh, Pele scored the game-winning goal of the World Cup, and you know, like these years, so right. I was always kind of fascinated and found inspiration from that. And so, um, as soon as I started climbing and started to figure out that side of it, that's like really where I kind of took off with that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when I went to Joshua Tree the first time, I didn't even have—I didn't have a guidebook. I didn't know what a guidebook was at the time, uh, so I just <laughs> wandered around Hidden Valley Campground like looking for looking for things to climb. And, you know, like didn't climb anything, just ended up scrambling scrambling around on a bunch of rocks. But then uh, whenever I did get a guidebook, you know, like all the, the history that's in that and just reading about the first ascents and little stories, that's like, that's where I started to pay attention um, and started learning about, you know, the stone masters
1: right? and everything. Yeah, you're sort of steeped in it down there in Southern California.
0: Well, yeah, it was it was really cool because... It wasn't intentional by any means. I was just, I ended up going to school in Southern California and climbing at the local areas there. But then as I started learning about the Stone Masters, I was like, oh man, I was like, I'm kind of getting a very similar start to what they had, you know, climbing at the local areas, like perfecting their skills in Josh and Talk Eats. And, um, and then, you know, eventually like making their way to Yosemite and the big mountain. So I was like, I was like, it was kind of a this perfect is fit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they totally like laid the path and I was like, okay, I'm going to like do what they did <laughs> and like train, train while I'm here. And then like when I, as soon as I graduated college, I was like on the road, you know, within 15 minutes from getting my degree up in Bishop and hanging out in mm-hmm. Yosemite. And that's kind of where I've found,
1: uh, found my place since. Yeah, did you skip the psychedelics and things like that, or did you <laughs> yeah, go down that road? Yeah, too? no, definitely. Okay. That's like totally not my scene. <laughs> it's like I'm going to do everything exactly like this.
0: Dumbass. No, no, not not too you much. I I'm, get some drugs.
1: <laughs> I'm not much of a partier. I don't really drink. So, right on. That's a good. That's a good call. You said you were just climbing with Max and uh, yeah, and Mark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And that was their whole jam too. Like we're going to just go climb yeah, yeah,
0: that's what I liked so much about. Their interview when they talked about how like when they go to Yosemite they like showed up with a calendar and a program and I was like yes like that you know I hate going to the Valley nowadays and people are just like moseying around Mm -hmm. it's it's like exactly the same I imagine from like Mm -hmm. what how they described it Mm -hmm. just people hanging out at the the deli like oh what do you want to go do and it's like nobody ends up doing anything (laughs) you're like what the heck you guys like you know like you come here to like to send Mm -hmm. and do big stuff right right. There's kind of this illusion where you just, like, if you're outside the valley, it seems like big stuff is just happening there all the time. But it's not always the case. No. so It's not always the
1: case. Yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> I mean, it's famous for that, I think. Because I've talked about it on the show, too. Different eras, yeah, uh, you know, are good and bad. And, and But it's definitely famous for, yeah, people going there and just kind of losing motivation. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or like the dream realized isn't exactly what they thought it was going to be kind of thing.
0: I, a curr- I'm working seasonally at the moment, like during the fall, or I'm sorry, during the winter and the summer. So I can take off during the, the fall and spring, which mm-hmm. are, you know, the best climbing times in the valley. And it's like, when I'm there, you know, I have two months, you know, one month, whatever. I'm like, well, this is my time off, you know. I, like, got to make the most of it. Right. So I don't just mosey around. But right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the idea, like, that you, you would have no job or you'd have no like yeah. life pressures and you could just climb all the time. Like I think there's definitely a, a sort of hidden bad side to that idea. Because yeah. I think, you know, if you're a professional climber, that's one thing you've got this motivator, mm-hmm. but if for some reason you were just some sort of like ne'er do well that, that could just do whatever <laughs> they wanted. I mean, those people in all walks of life, a lot of times don't have a ton of motivation. That's true. Yeah. You no. Know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. M- yeah. Maybe yeah maybe that's why I'm more ma- motivated. To I was told it. that
1: by by Josh Warren about having a kid mm. that I would be more motivated but I'm to just go still, climbing yeah just because you're tired because you have less time hmm. uh, I'm, I'm kind of still waiting for that to kick in yeah I feel like um, it would just stress me out a little bit yeah <laughs> and uh, it's just a pain in the ass to get out of the house so that sometimes you're just like forget it yeah <laughs> it is a lot of work but but it, when you said that I kind of realized that yeah the the hang around the valley all the time people mm-hmm. usually aren't the ones that are as motivated as the, the folks that have you know carved out this specific amount of time because mm-hmm. you know why well, go climb in a day when you can go climb tomorrow and you can go climb the next day yeah you know? so, right right yeah and that
0: can't happen when you when you are there with the intention of you know staying for like a couple months mm-hmm. um, to kind of lose a little bit of motivation while you're there as opposed to like coming in for a smash and grab mission which I know a yeah. lot of, a lot of people do. Cause like I mean the valley scene can be kind of rough sometimes with especially during peak season with all the uh, the tourists and whatnot like it's not as glamorous as
1: everybody makes it seem. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's so hard to exist there yeah. when you're not climbing. Yeah, I mean with the just where you're gonna stay and you know getting around the valley and yeah it's pretty epic when you're off the rock. Luckily yeah. the rock climbing is so good that yeah. it just makes up for it. But
0: and eventually you know whenever I start to feel like suffocated or just like burnt out on the mm-hmm. on the scene i just try and just leave right go elsewhere go elsewhere. keep the motivation high you know
1: yeah elsewhere in in california
0: yeah <laughs> yeah like i was saying before i'm like kind of I, th- I feel like i've been limiting myself i've been so psyched on like the california climbing scene mm-hmm. that i'm like huh oh, maybe i should you know like start traveling i mean i want to you know i want to climb it all right and go all these places but it's it's hard to like not spending a season in Yosemite just feels like a sin to me at this point. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean that's But it, it, you'll get over it.
0: Yeah. It's local too, yeah, so it's probably, like it yeah. shouldn't feel like that because I can go back there whenever. Yeah. You know.
1: I, I mean, it's my. It's a common complaint on the normal cast because yeah, people are always telling me about all these Californians I should interview, and I'm like, you know, it's rough <laughs> because they never leave, and so I'd have to. I have to go there, and I. I haven't. I mean, I went. <laughs> that's true. We've talked about this. I went in May. Yeah. But um, it was the first time I've been to California in forever and And they don't ever come through here,
0: yeah, that seems surprising. I was like expecting to see you in Yosemite at some point, and
1: never... no i I kind of gave her up, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know it it's increasingly been difficult to uh to be there, yeah, um, and it's an expensive i mean it's a ways to go for me yeah so um i- I kind of uh yeah. I was there a little, I was there, I think in 2008 was the last time I was there before this done. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's been, it was a Jeez, decade. Yeah, I, I was think. still in high school at that point. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, so, but um, <laughs> yeah, but I went back, you know, I got back and climbed, climbed. Yeah, back. yeah.
0: Yeah. I saw you guys suffering up there on yeah. the wall in the in the rain. It was pretty cool. I was like, who's that? You know, yeah. We're just oh, that's chilling. collusive
1: there. Yeah. Just chilling, making, making podcasts <laughs> Yeah. up there in the tent. Yeah. I listened to that yeah <laughs> i was hoping to get get some good information no it wasn't it was mostly like me complaining about yeah how hard it was but midlife uh, crisis on O'Cap. cap yeah exactly <laughs> totally um, <laughs> anyway it, it was harder than i expected uh, not it wasn't harder than i expected it it was harder than i remembered mm. in a way mm-hmm. it was kind of wild so mm-hmm. um but you know times have changed but Randy had a
0: the opposite experience. Oh, really? Climbing the nose, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah you yeah. guys did it in a day. Yeah, which is, of course, easier. You were yeah. trying to free climb, so it's, like, it's hard to compare the two. But, but you know, the last time he had climbed El Cap, I think, was like in, I think he said like 89 or yeah. something, you know?
1: Yeah, Randy Levitt.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I th- I'm sure like the last route he did on El Cap was like some A5, you know, hard, scary thing. He had never climbed it in a day. So, like, of course, going up the nose was going to be like way more casual than than what he was used to, yeah even later on in, in life, you know when he's not as fit or whatever, but yeah he's pretty fit though he, was, he is um, yeah yeah think. he I mean he totally impressed me, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool well he's
1: just a really good climber,
0: yeah I mean yeah
1: like one although of the- uh
0: he didn't even put his climbing shoes on the whole room. Oh, really <laughs> <laughs> which you kind of got to give him crap for but yeah his feet are swollen up from being in the ocean too much i'll let it slide i know i, I was surprised he even came to up to yosemite in the first place because that's
1: cool though yeah because every
0: time we had talked he's like oh yeah i'm gonna come up and then you know we like make this plan to go climb something and then he's like oh wait never mind the swell in mexico is too good flying down there see right. you later you know right. which i don't blame him you know yeah. he's all psyched on surfing right now
1: yeah he's living the dream the last time he climbed it was 89?
0: I think so. I yeah. don't know. You'd have to ask that? him. Then it would have been... Maybe in the 90s. I don't, I yeah. don't remember. No, because that would have, totally that would have been
1: like, yeah, something something like the Scorched Earth or... <laughs> yeah, or yeah. He was, so, he was he yeah.
0: was telling me how, um, like, mainly the reason why he never climbed the nose or like the south is because all the hard aid climbers deem that as like, oh, too many cracks, you know, too easy.
1: Yeah, well, that's why never, I've never done the nose. I know. Same what reason. the heck,
0: dude? You need to go do the nose I know. in a day.
1: It's the same reason, though. Yeah. i mean not not that i think it's too easy it's just that i was not gonna i was over on that other side doing the yeah, the wet yeah i it dangling on the little widgets
0: it's kind of like the standard now you know yeah to be hanging in the valley you gotta do the nose
1: yeah i totally i mean i have to i thought about it while we were on that wall i was like why don't i just come here and do the nose in a day and like go home and go to bed <laughs> yeah <laughs> instead of having all this contemplation yeah it was pretty pretty good time up there but um Yeah. So back to sort of your, uh, again, this like digging around for, um, the reverence that you have for, Mm -hmm. for the past. Can you tell me about like, you've, you've been climbing Yosemite. You've, you've got a pretty, in the short time you've been doing it, you've Mm -hmm. accumulated a pretty solid reputation and, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and resume, you know, have you been encountering like some of these people that you had, you had sort of like read about and having. Oh, definitely. That's
0: been like the coolest part. Um, Well, yeah, we can take it back a little further. I was going to say earlier, yeah, when I started climbing in Joshua Tree, you know, like I said, I got Mm -hmm. that first guidebook and was like reading the history in there. Was also shortly after that, I saw the movie Valley Uprising, which seems like silly to say, but at the time that like totally changed my life. It connected like a lot of pieces Mm -hmm. together. You know, like I had heard a little bit of history about Yosemite and all these people here and there, but I hadn't like put the whole picture together. And that kind of laid it out in a format where I was like, Like, whoa, it all makes sense, you know? Right. And that's where, that's like, I asked my friend at the gym when he, when he saw it, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, what'd you think? He's like, oh, it's going to make you want to quit your job and like move to Yosemite. And that's kind of, you know, what I ended up doing. Right on. Once I graduated college. But yeah, Uh within a month from seeing that movie, I was like living in my van, just kind of getting ready. Yeah. Getting ready suffering cleaning,
1: yeah cleaning it up <laughs> yeah, yeah cleaning up the life to be to be free and easy and yeah, yeah
0: yeah well like I said I mean playing soccer would just like was not making me happy I was living with in an apartment with like seven other dudes and I don't live very well with people in general and I was like spending way too much money I was like this all just sucks you know mm-hmm. I was like I just want to have fun and yeah it really it really fired me up that's where I finally felt like I had a, a good sense of direction what did climbing, you go to school yeah. for
1: <laughs>
0: uh english and art you know. Oh, right. Huh. i basically didn't know
1: that i have an english degree yeah i know i know Come
0: on. i know but you know like people like to give you crap just like oh cool like wh- what are you gonna use that for i'm like i don't know
1: start a podcast
0: yeah start a podcast yeah, or be fun learn how to write i don't yeah. know i like writing a yeah. little bit
1: well that's good yeah yeah so and you know it seems like at some point you know your work your work what's your seasonal job
0: Uh, right now, right now is like the most legit setup I've had. I'm just working at the Patagonia distribution center in Reno in the warehouse, you know, like hustling boxes and stuff. Uh Uh-huh. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They understand
1: uh, motivations to get outside.
0: They do. Yeah. Yeah. The, the work environment there is really, really cool, really casual and everybody that's like a big part of their culture. Yeah. They want people there who are passionate about the outdoors and, you know, a lot of people into snowboarding and skiing up there. Mm Mm-hmm. And then my manager is a climber too, so he like totally understands when I'm like, like, oh, cool, you know, want we want to like go to Yosemite in the fall. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, cool, yeah, come back.
1: The- Actually, I wanted to whatever. ask you. I just realized I I missed this question that I had in my mind, so yeah. I'm to go back again. But we keep because I got I, I get occasionally, um, you know, these emails. Well, I, I always talk about how inclusive and like open and fun and great the climbing community is. Yeah, and then I get emails where. People are like, I really love it, but it's actually a lot harder for me to get into it than I thought it would be. Hmm. Which then makes me think, like, if you're going to climb outside, in particular, like, yeah, you know what? It, it can be hard. It can be tricky, and and uh, to find the right people and to so yeah. It sounded like you were a little bit on your own, or did you have a cohort no. that was motivated with you when you? Like, because when you said you were wandering around Joshua Trail, oh, that's so sad,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I was actually with my my friend Hayden, who uh, he had a membership to Solid Rock, this like old gym in, in San Marcos at the time. And uh, so I kind of just like invited him along with me. And ne- he had never been climbing outside either. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we kind of just like fully fully went for it that weekend. We eventually met up with like these German guys who were traveling and I got to to climb with them. They had a rack and everything. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, for a while I was kind of kind of on my own. I was mm-hmm. working at... This bouldering gym in San Diego, the wall. Yeah. I mean, I, t- I was the only trad climber there basically, mm-hmm. you know. I eventually made uh my friend Jesse um that I met there. We would go out to Mount Woodson and Joshua Tree together a bunch and kind of like learn our systems, you know, how to place gear and mm-hmm. make anchors and all that. But still, yeah, I've kind of always, always struggled with, with finding partners. But yeah, I kind of just figured it out on my own at that time. Right.
1: And did that, did you, when you first started going to Yosemite, were you... You know, did you have a person you were going with, or did you try to dip in there without really having any sort of setup like that? Um,
0: yeah, I kind of, I kind of tried to dip in by myself. I when I was in college, I would just go up on on spring break. That was mm-hmm. like the longest period of time I had to go up there. Um, but then once I graduated, yeah, I try, I would try to line up partners. But the first time I tried to do that, my friend, I showed up with my friend Frank. He was there like a week before me, and had fallen bouldering and like hurt his ankle uh, so i was like what the heck dude we were supposed to climb all this stuff and he's like no worries man like i found a partner for you i was like i met him in the meadow he wants to climb out cap and i was like uh it's like okay i don't really want to climb out cap but you know i was like who is it he's like oh this guy steve's like you got to come meet him and i like meet him at the bridge and i'm, <laughs> and I'm like driving up and i'm like oh I, I know that guy and I'm like, he's like, oh hey, I'm Steve. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're. you're it's Poopy, you know. Oh, it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I climbed my first El Cap route with Shapoopy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah, That's yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You're just so, like, oh, I think this should go all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think this guy could probably can be sol- a solid partner, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it ended up being like his 120th ascent of El Cap. You know, nice. I knew, I knew he had many ascents under his belt. I was just surprised. I was like, "Man, you must be really desperate Desperate to like go up El Capo with with me." Yeah, I was like, "I thought he was just going to be dragging me along," but Uh it it ended up like going like pretty cool. My first thought was like, "Oh yeah, cool. Like you want to do the nose or something?" I didn't really think like, "Oh, he's probably you know he's done those routes a million times." Mm -hmm. And he's like, "No, man, flight of the albatross." I was like, "I have no idea what that is," but okay, sick. Yeah. So how
1: did you go? You guys go up there for a few days. Yeah, like six days. Jesus. kind of epic. That's that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just like rock up, meet Steve Schneider, and then what? You're on a, on a wall a couple days later?
0: The first thing I did when I got there, I think, was um, like we went and soloed Snake Dyke or something, get just some hiking in, and then uh, met Steve the next day. And he, of course, was like slightly skept- skeptical growing up with me. So he was like, oh, let's just like do the free blast and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't climbed the free blast yet. He had... He had done it a bunch of times, so he's like, oh, yeah, I'll just, like, let you lead the whole thing. I'll just jug, and it was cool. I was, like, sci- you know, because I was psyched on free climbing at the time. Still am. Um, and so, yeah, we climbed the free blast, got to the top of that, and he was like, so, like, what do you think? You want to keep going? I was like, sure, you know? Um, so, we wrapped back down, uh, which I don't approve of now, that style. Uh, but then we, we hauled, you know, hauled, <laughs> we like, packed, <laughs> we, <laughs> we hauled all our gear up the next day and then and then kept going, you Okay. Know. But dude, yeah, I kind of got sandbagged. Well, because I wasn't planning on climbing on cap, like I said, you right. know, I don't, I wasn't like into aid climbing, and uh, so he's like, while we were packing up, he's like, he's like, yeah, you gotta, you got a hammer, you got a haul bag, you got a ledge. I'm like, no, Steve, like, what the heck, dude? And he's like, okay, you know, like we'll figure it out. And I was mainly just worried about not having a a portal ledge. He had like a single A five uh-huh. that was like falling apart <laughs> by yeah. the end. Um, but he looked at the topo, he's like, oh, I think if we get to here, here, and here, you know, these nights, uh, there's natural ledges and you'll be fine. But he hadn't climbed the route, so he really didn't know what he's talking about. Right. Um, and the topo kind of was misleading. Like, every ledge we thought was going to be good ended up being shitty. And uh-huh. all the ones we thought were going to be bad were good. So, yeah. Um, so, I, like, ended up sleeping in the hall bag and, like, hanging in slings half the night. <laughs> It was like a full, it was like, but I was psyched. It was like, I was like, man, these guys used to hang in hammocks. Like, it right. isn't this that bad. This bag's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of tried to make the most of it. That's unreal. Yeah. That's and kind Steve, of a drag. Uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's I mean, fun, but I mean. It was kind of a drag. Yeah. I mean, it's not fun but are, in the middle of the night when you're just like, uh Yeah. Yeah. I didn't
0: sleep very much. Right. Um, are you familiar with the canoe, though? Uh, I Yeah. I know that, that ledge that's like just attached by yeah it's pretty cool like it's kind of like this just like thank god ledge it's like a foot wide you know there's like a crack in the back it's all detached yeah it's kind of scary but yeah it's all detached all the way around yeah those like bat shits holding it on or whatever yeah right (laughs) um but we got stormed on we spent two nights on there so those were actually like it was fun to sleep on there like on the head wall on the shield you know Mm it's like pretty pretty sweet
1: what were you doing for like how are you out of the rain then or you weren't <laughs> i weren't i
0: wasn't i had a had like a you know patagonia like houdini rain jacket and like a uh a, a bivy sack but it was raining all day for two days like i got soaked through and just like suffering suffering there and steve like was hanging out under underneath, underneath his portal edge yeah he was all set up you know. yeah yeah he had fly and everything he didn't have a fly, uh-huh. no, no. Oh, so he was sitting under his blanket. He was sitting under his ledge, but he had, like, Gore-Tex jacket and pants, and uh-huh. I had, like, this little
1: windbreaker. <laughs> you, know? you know what's wild is that, is that Steve Schneider, like, would just climb a wall without a fly or anything like that in this day and age. I yeah. Mean, I think he'd have, like, a super nice ledge. Yeah, you, yeah, you'd
0: think. Yeah. But he's a little old school, too, you Yeah, know? So, right. Um, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was like, shouldn't you have a... Like rain fly, I was just like, "Oh, this is how it's done. this is how it's done." <laughs> Although he did, he led all the hard aid, of course, but I mean, he still like let me do my my fair share, and uh, he he kept getting on my case because I wasn't like placing any pins or anything. Uh-huh. I was like doing all these pitches on like tiny nuts because uh-huh. I was, and he's like, "What the heck?" He's like, "Why'd you place a nut there?" It's like a bomber pin placement. I was like, "I don't know how to place any pins," you know. I was like, "I know how to place nuts." That's what I did. Right.
1: It was pretty cool. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, he's old school, but if you, I mean, most people are like, if you don't have to pound an iron in, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like kind of amazing.
0: Neither of us took like a hideous whipper up there. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised. <laughs> At least for my, myself. He was, he was solid, of course. Right, right. But yeah. Well, anyways, he... first time climbing El Cap, I was like, that was so slow. It was cool. I was like thankful for the experience. I learned a lot. And of course like classic story like for first El Cap route with Steve. But on the way down I was like free climbing is the way. Right. <laughs> I'm like done with that. Done. Nailing, Have you been back up crap. to do
1: multi-day walls since then?
0: Um no. I uh, I did free rider multi-day. Okay. But haven't done anything else since. uh uh-huh. Tried to, like went up to do uh, go back up on Golden Gate, but right. we can get into that, right. Yeah, the year after climbing El Cap with Steve, I came back and did the free rider with my friend Callan and then um the next, this, you know, this last year I wanted wanted to try and do Golden Gate. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, I
1: mean.
0: how long into your climbing
1: career, uh-huh. when I, I'm, I'm doing air quotes. because yeah, I feel like we need some more background. Yeah, it's pretty wild because how long into there. your climbing career was it from sort of your beginnings to climb in the Freerider? A couple, mm-hmm. three years, four years? Yeah, like three years. That's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> like, I was, st- I, I mean, I was definitely surprised. Right. I was, right. like, pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were surprised, but I think you he, he seemed like the kind of guy who had an idea that you had it in hand before you'd even go up there. Yeah. I mean, if not the first time up it, you know. Right. Like, eventually.
0: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 So, but it went all right. Yeah, yeah, it did. My, I was, like, super fortunate to have my friend, my friend Callan, who doesn't really even climb. It was kind of comical. My, my partner that I was planning to, you know, try and, like, team free it with right. um, had, had, Ended up having to bail and go back to uh, to Oregon to work. So I was just like, "Hey, Callan, I was like, "You know how to jug? Like, you want to go climb a cap with me?" And he was like, "He's pretty much down for anything." So mm-hmm. so he just signed signed on, and uh, we just quested up. It was pretty cool. I was like, I was psyched uh, on the added challenge of um, you know trying to lead everything myself mm-hmm. and like take that responsibility. It made it seem way more adventurous and committing. But then also having him, he was like helping me haul too. So it was like also easier in that sense. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, we did it over four days. Um, I fell on like three
1: pitches and red pointed the whole thing. It was sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty like sharp trajectory, dude. I know you're yeah. kind of <laughs> downplaying it a little bit. Well, but, yeah, I don't you know. You know, it's like one of the iconic hard free climbs. I mean, that's within, you know, like normal people's ability. but Yeah, you've in done the, the free world, rider, right? Yes. Yeah, but not <laughs> as good a style as that. Cause you, well, it was you also know, I, way before, you know. Right.
0: You kind of yeah. come into the valley nowadays and you're mm-hmm. like, all right, if you want to be a free climber in yeah. the valley like first thing up free rider well not really yeah. like you should like you know cut your teeth on well the if you're adam andras it's, it's the Donwall. Yeah, yeah go straight for go the Donwall, yeah. but but um, i mean i've heard people call uh free rider like the astro man of the current generation yeah and i kind of agree it's h- hard to make that comparison because it's not a multi- you know it's el cap i mean how astro man is only 12 pitches yeah or whatever. it's uh, quite a bit <laughs> better deal uh compared to like what people were free climbing at the time it makes sure. sense you yeah, know you know sure. if you like in the 70s or in the 80s if you wanted to be legit you like did the uh did Astorman, so. right? and right. same thing today with the free riders kind of right. like the intro, intro.
1: yeah so. well that's pretty awesome i yeah. i definitely you know i was wondering why i had you on the show up until yeah me then. too no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no i i i asked you to come on the show because again you're you're of this generation mm-hmm. um and i and i think again your career or whatever you want to call it your trajectory that's a better word for it actually yeah. sticks out a little bit to me and that's kind of how we ended up ended up interacting plus we got in touch um yeah. a few times but we we were talking about the golden gate because, because. Of golden gate yeah. yeah i was up there suffering and you yeah um, you and i started talking a little bit about it because yeah you wanted i was psyched beta
0: you were the first person i saw that season on on golden gate and i was planning to do it later on so i was hoping to get some to get guys some actually had
1: done it right before yeah, yeah.
0: burned just, burned and um
1: oh, i feel bad i forget his name sean i think right yeah you know i didn't guys, meet him yeah. i just knew uh josh just told me that people had talked mm-hmm. out right when we got there so mm-hmm. um but you know and let's get get into this i i asked you ahead of the show if you if you would talk about this um and and we we don't want to spend a ton ton of time on it yeah. because you're still a little mixed up about it but yeah your name is unfortunately associated with the accident that happened um, with uh, Tim Klein and Jason Wells yeah. on, on the Freerider because you were, uh, I mean, on uh free blast because you mm-hmm. were there mm-hmm. um, below them and actually witnessed part of it. Yeah. Well, cause we,
0: um, a few days before we had, you know, that was like the point in the season where we're like, all right, we're ready to, to try Golden Gate. You know, we hauled all of our gear up to, to hollow flake ledge and but yeah, we were, we had just started up the free blast when, when we met those guys, they got there maybe 15 minutes behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they were going for, for Salafay in a day, um, once we got to like the first natural ledge, you know, a uh, triangle ledge, I think it's called below mm-hmm. half dollar or so, um, we let those guys pass. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, shortly after that, that accident occurred.
1: Yeah. And they fell past you essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was um kind of hard to believe at the time, you know uh it it didn't seem real cuz it's like kind of worst case scenario It's not the thing you expect to
1: no i mean while it's it's there. really uh, an out there thing to have yeah. uh, on a rock climb to have two people fall off
0: yeah i there. mean it's like have you seen the movie vertical limit right i mean it's like we we make fun of that movie because it's so unrealistic right. but it's i mean that opening scene is kind of very similar
1: and then you finished and you guys were the folks that climbed with the third to the yeah top with Kevin Came back down. Yeah,
0: because they're climbing as a party of party of three, and and thankfully Kevin was um, removed from from that. But yeah, I remember when when that happened. You know, I was hanging out underneath the half dollar, and I, I yelled down to my partner Jeremy to to call search and rescue, and um, and then after after he got off the phone, he's like, "Dude, should we even keep climbing?" And I understood what he meant, but I was like, "Man, I was like, there's a third guy up there, and I don't know, like right. he's by himself. You know, right. we gotta." Well, one, we can't rap anyway, so, but I was like, most importantly, we got to make sure he's I mean, besides, okay.
1: yeah, faster in the long run to go up. and. To, yeah, yeah. But you had to go get him. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I climbed that pitch and met up met up with Kevin, and then we um, joined
1: as a party three and went to the top right. of Mammoth and then wrapped down. I mean, in, in, in talking about your short climbing career, like, th- that's some heavy shit to have you see. It I mean, is, in, yeah. In, your, in anybody's climbing career, yeah. whether it's it's two years or 50 years, um, it's it's pretty heavy to see and yeah. what what i mean obviously you probably went into you know emergency mode mm-hmm. you know compartmentalized it at the time we got to get this guy up we got to get down to the to mm-hmm. the ground what about afterwards man what what, what i mean um, how are you feeling about it now
0: uh kind of more shaken up about it now than i kind of was at the time honestly
1: well i mean in the moment it's certainly like I in said, the
0: moment of course no yeah. i mean it was yeah it was pretty rattling um but we were once we got back on the ground, we were just like unsure what to do. We we're like, do we go back up, do we like leave the valley? you know like how do we respond and to try and process this and right um you know, a lot of friends were telling us to you know take our time, and I don't think we took it as seriously as we probably should have, you know, um
1: in terms of what kind of like yeah,
0: yeah, we just. Yeah, I think we both just underestimated, like, the extent or the effect that it was going to have on us right. in the long run, right. you know? We were kind of like, huh, like, I remember Jeremy was saying, like, he's like, Oh, like, I don't think I'm going to be scared to go rock climbing. And it's like, no, we're both terrified to right. go rock climbing right. kind of right now. So we're just And you kinda, attempt,
1: you did attempt to keep going? Or we did. Or just go get your stuff
0: Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Well, all of our stuff was on, uh, on Hollow so we had to go up there at some point to, to take it down. Right. Actually, uh yeah, Kevin Jorison and Ben Ruick often t- are offered to to take our stuff down, and we were gonna let them let them do that at first. But then I don't know. It was just hard for me. I didn't want to let that accident overrule my season in Yosemite and mm-hmm. focus too much on that that tragedy. And it was hard to, for me to let go of you know my dream that I've been thinking about all year to, to do the Golden Gate, which of course doesn't matter at all in comparison, but. We tried to hold on to that. We went back up like a week later, and it was obvious we got to the alcove, and neither of us were were having a very good time. So, right. So we came down and kind of just went our separate ways to to deal with it differently.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's because uh, I, I I messaged you in there because I, I yeah. you know there was this. This thing where all of a sudden your name was very much, you guys, both you guys' names were very much associated with this because you were being quoted here and there and you you were there and plus you were part of the rescue, you know, you rescued the the third. Um, And I I understood that it was probably, that's a hard thing to to be associated with Mm -hmm. and be reminded of and things like that. But
0: definitely that was honestly the hardest part um, was kind of being tied up in that whole shit storm afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, well, I mean, cause we had to do a lot of um, reports with the Rangers mm-hmm. so they could get an accident report together and everything. But then all these people, you know, news reporters and people calling me to do, do articles and family members wanting to answer questions. And it was like, you know, I mean, I wanted to be as helpful as I could, but it was just like really hard for me when I was trying to just kind of move on and not think too much about it. Every time I got a message, even nice messages, like people being like, oh, like, so sorry you had to see it. It's like, yeah, no, sorry I appreciate it. Message. But you get what I'm saying, right. though. Yeah,
1: totally. It's like, oh, I'm not I, thinking I about of it. it. when I went to send it. Yeah. And I still, I was just like, well, you know, y- you have to try to do those things. No,
0: yeah. I, I agree. So, I would do the same thing. So right. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, at the same time, it's just like, oh, now I'm thinking about it. It was just hard to not be thinking about it constantly mm-hmm. when I was like, all I wanted to do is just like keep climbing in Yosemite and not focus
1: too much on it. Well, it's, it's wild because we're, you know, it's, it is this little fantasy bubble we create for ourselves Mm -hmm. in that, in those worlds. And uh, yeah, you, you, you kind of want it to be, yeah, just like where nothing can go wrong. Yeah. Or whatever. But you, and you want it to be bulletproof. Yeah. You want it to be, and, and you know, the idea too is always that kind of thing. Like, well, we should, you know, continue with our, honor the persons by continuing with what we love. And, and, you know, there's all these like platitudes and things that go with it, but it ain't, I mean, what you guys witnessed, Mm -hmm. like, like I said, that's, it was abnormal and, and it's very difficult to, uh, I think it would be very difficult to process. And I've thought about Mm -hmm. you a lot with it. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it right now? Um... I mean, in in terms of your attitude towards it, because I know, we spent a fair bit of time. We'll move on here in a second, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, good. Good to people need to understand, you know, what it's like. Because well, it's gonna, it can happen to you in a second. Like it, it, it
0: can. Works. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to convince yourself that. I mean, yeah, we we all hear about these accidents happening, but you kind of never really. You're like, oh, well, that would never happen to me, or mm-hmm. oh, I'm never gonna be there when when shit hits the fan like that. But yeah, you never know. I right. mean, uh, and we're both pretty young. Neither of us have ever really witnessed anything epic like that at all mm-hmm. um and the fact that it was a climbing accident uh just makes it hit home a little bit more so right. uh yeah i'd say just a little i notice i'm more scared about rock climbing in general mm-hmm. I, normally i'm like i have a pretty good head game yeah so just a lot of irrational fear right now um you know thinking like ropes are gonna cut or um, gears gonna rip or whatever partners and just kind of flying down It's like, yeah, it's kind of messed up, but a lot of it's irrational. So I'm kind of just trying to work through that logically. And then, yeah, I just accept the randomness of it. You know, mm-hmm. like there's, I don't really know what else to do at this point.
1: Do you, are you doing anything specifically?
0: Actually, uh, I'm supposed to meet with Arno Ilgner okay. tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. I kind of, um, a friend had maybe mentioned that he could be helpful. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm supposed to talk to him right tomorrow, but that's that's kind of it. Just, and you've got just a, you've, taking time, really, right. just uh, not not doing anything big at the moment. Just kind of mm-hmm. take it easy.
1: Did you um, or you've got a you've got a season plan in the fall? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Planning to go back in mm-hmm. October and November or something. Okay, not sure if we'll get back on on Golden Gate at that time. Right, or maybe save it for the spring. Not right. sure yet, but right.
1: yeah, because that'll that'll be some a hurdle, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh when we did go back up, we were like, all right, just, you know, screw the free blast, screw the ethics. I don't care what
1: people say. We just jugged up heart and and kept going. No one would say anything. <laughs> that was you. I know, I know. Cuz that's, that's cool. how most people do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: Fair, so fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's all I'm doing right, right now to okay. deal,
1: to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So. And so are, are you you know, are you pursuing a professional end of this thing in um, terms of climbing well i'm at the or show so. I mean, yeah you are but i mean there, yeah. there's like there's like kind of look i've been to you know or shows for a couple decades uh-huh. and there's always climbers poking around you know try, trying to see what it's like and yeah. talk to a couple people but there's that and then there's like you know i'm i'm this is my path and this is what i'm This is specifically what I'm trying to do, and versus like I'm going to go to R and see some friends and maybe you know, right? I'll I'll get some shoes or something like that. That's always been kind of the way it Mm is. mm -hmm. It's partially why I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Yeah. Um, So where's your mindset with with that? Well, like I said um,
0: before, whatever activity I'm kind of into, I always go kind of full full on. Right. And like I was trying with soccer. I mean, I was obsessed with the professional soccer scene and, and college soccer and I kind of held on to that that dream for a long time and um but I think deep down I always knew I was never good enough and uh, just wasn't going to be able to cut it but uh, and eventually yeah yeah I had to give that up but with climbing I don't know it feels it feels different and just watching you know all the people that I've met on the road and people i look up to make me think that it's possible so i kind of I'm, I'm trying to make it work now i mean everybody has i feel like anybody who's serious about climbing has the the dream of climbing full-time so right there's many ways you can make that work um and i'm just trying to figure out how to make it work for myself right now
1: uh-huh so yeah and what are your personal goals climbing uh, I mean, obviously we <laughs> talked about the the the, the 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 golden gate but maybe more like do you have an idea of being a, a world traveler, do you have an idea of being an alpinist? Do you have any of those sorts of ideas? Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, part of the reason why I end up going back to Yosemite every season is because I don't have my shit together enough to, like, go overseas right now. Um, I'd like to... You mean uh,
1: financially? And-
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. de- exactly. Um, it's it's easy to save up enough money to drive six hours to Yosemite and then hang out in one spot the right. whole time, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, I definitely when I started climbing in San Diego or Southern California, my main goal was to be a, a Yosemite climber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like I'm on the right path to, to doing that. And now my goal is to just be, be well-rounded. I mean, you kind of have to be well-rounded to succeed in Yosemite, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to take the, the skills that I learned there and take them to, to other places. Yeah. Yeah. Just becoming more well, well-rounded in bouldering and sport climbing. And, um, and then, yeah, traveling to, to the big mountains. Right. What's your motivation for sport climbing and bouldering like? Well, I'm realizing that to send the Narwhal cap, you have to be able to pull hard. Right. You know, I mean, Freerider, like you've talked about it in numerous episodes, it's like, it's a lot of pretty moderate climbing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. not it's not super sustained with all these like 513 cruxes. It's like one pitch of 513 and a little bit of 512 and then a bunch of burly 510 and 511. So... One of the reasons why I set after that is set Golden Gate as a goal, not only because it's like technically the second easiest free route on El Cap, but it was also because I knew it would force me to um, train my weaknesses because a lot of the the cruxes on that are, you know, facey or bouldery cracks and um, basically sport climbing pitches, so... They're not exactly sport climbing
1: pitches. Yeah,
0: well, you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, like, no, it's require more more yeah, of a yeah, sport no, climbing fitness than like because like, I've heard, I, I I I've get, gotten that before. It's like isn't the crux bolted? I'm like yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you don't quite get it. It's like well, and the and the traverse pitch looks like a sport climb because the it's a five. Yeah, yeah, because it's got gear all over, it, but it's all <laughs> like this, the jankiest pins you've ever seen, like in the worst tat you've ever seen in your yeah. life. I kind of yeah. like that though. I well, feel like, cool. yeah. in a in a weird way, that can
0: make you perform better because it seems more committing. Yeah, or yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. and like it would be committing regardless. I mean, you're like twenty five hundred feet up El Cap at that point.
1: Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's a daunting task because you, like you just said, you need power, you need all those skills, mm-hmm. but to do those pitches that high on the route, you've got to have a super deep well of endurance too yeah yeah so so I'm glad I have that base it's a big it's a big undertaking for sure yeah it's kind of you know every day as it seems in a way like from the outside looking in yeah that oh yeah everybody's just up there free climbing away you know Uh and like firing off all this sort of stuff but Uh then you dig through it and that's actually not quite the case it's 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 the usual suspects are are up there, hammering it out, but mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the fact that you know, free climbing big walls or just climbing big walls in general is like pretty blue collar. You yeah. know, like from the beginning, I th- always thought it was way cooler to send five thirteen halfway up a Cap after like four days of toiling than like you know just climbing five thirteen off the ground. Yeah, I've never I've never been able to pro- perform that well in like a single pitch scenario. Right. All of my like most glorious moments in my mind have been
1: have been on like big walls, right in Yosemite. Yeah. Well it's it's interesting too because you, you think about I mean the Donwall and that's I think the uh, the second ascent of the Donwall, mm-hmm. Adam's ascent, if you really start tearing that apart in terms of, of climbing and what he did and how badass it was. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't get its due because it's the second ascent and, and the whole Tommy, Kevin story is just yeah. so grand and so full of, of all this and it's been around for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah. And then Adam did the second ascent. But what he fucking did, <laughs> you it's know, it's pretty mind blowing to walk into Yosemite. And everybody's like, he, you need to learn how to climb here. Yeah. And he was just like, no, I don't. Yeah, totally. And then, and the other thing I remember him saying that he, it was a lot scarier than he thought it would be. Uh-huh. And again, like from the footage and stuff, everybody's like, well, they've got all their draws in place and everything else, but they're clipped to all this junk. You know? Yeah, I mean, because that's like a mixture. I don't
0: understand entirely. You would know more better than I would, but that route in particular is just a mixture of a bunch of old aid routes, right? right? So they're like clipping all these old copperheads and like well, yeah.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's junk. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty rad and like totally. You know, it's just not as famous. But again, when you sit down and start tearing it apart, the fact that he showed up in Yosemite, and then there was the seven-year attempt. <laughs> Which had you know, him finding the route and everything else. But then I mean well, it was a couple weeks. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He went up and fired. I know. Him. I hope I, I hope he comes back to try and on site the South A. Eh? That'd yeah. be sick. I think I think uh, I think it's in the offing. Okay. So I hope so. Yeah. But uh I, I it's just you know, when we start talking about wall climbing and uh the fact that he did that is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I got a lot of inspiration for that. So I, but for the record, uh most climbers i think should put the time in yosemite to try and succeed yeah yeah no no i learned that the, very much the hard way yeah in a, a, two months ago like oh, I, didn't, right. <laughs> I didn't expect i didn't expect to free it at any point uh-huh. but i expected to do better and be more and be more comfortable up there than i was and, but it's it it comes down to two things i'm not in in, in that greatest shape uh-huh. being a dad but it, it had everything to do with thinking I could walk into Yosemite after a decade and just pick up where I left off. Right, yeah. And that just did not happen. Yeah, it doesn't... I mean, there's been changes in I don't think it me, for anybody, too. really. Except for Adam Andre. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it... Did you not
0: climb anything before, getting up on it?
1: No. Oh. We didn't have time. Full on. Yeah, yeah
0: that would feel, like, totally scary. Yeah.
1: Well, and we also... We did, uh, we did break your rule and come back to the ground. Yeah. But the fact that we... I think the fact that we basically went on site from the ground at least for the golden gate part yeah totally it's actually I've, i came to realize is a little bit unusual for people to even bother doing that i think that's like
0: <laughs> i've gotten in arguments with people about that i think ground up is like the coolest way to do it so oh, for sure yeah right it's the
1: coolest way but is it the most uh expedient way no definitely no, not right. but
0: when you're local it's like yeah. you can always go back even right. though you're in colorado you know right um, so that's what we were planning to do—is to like go ground up. We yeah. went ground up on free ride, and I was like, "Oh man, like that's like the coolest thing right. ever, right. you know." Um, so at least if it's like, I feel like if it's within your ability, it's way more fun to give yourself that opportunity to try uh-huh. and try and go ground up than like toiling around wrapping in,
1: right, and all that nonsense. Yeah, it's toiling for sure. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, I'm old. I'm older school than you are. Yeah, and I like know. <laughs> when you know, I even talk about like when we when I first. When I tried to free the moonlight buttress, oh right, cool, long time ago, um, it had been like, freed, like I what mean, year uh, it would have been early aught, probably okay like when it was still hard, yeah, is it not hard anymore no, I mean it's still hard for yeah. me yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but nevertheless, we were even then we had this I had this residual effect of that you the idea of being on a climb and falling and then. Pulling the rope and red pointing that pitch—that mm-hmm. was not something. It wasn't something that we were against. It was something that we didn't even realize people did. And so yeah. the first time we climbed it, and it was a partner style ascent, right? I fell off um, up on the uh, one of the last five twelve A pitches or twelve B uh-huh. pitches or whatever, like the puzzle pitch or whatever. Yeah, and uh, that was it. I was like, oh, and you're keep-. like, oh, I blew it. Yeah, I blew it. We fell, I, I, we don't get to free it this time. Oh, and, well, and it's just like, <laughs> but yeah, but I grew up it. I get I still, what you're saying. Though, I yeah. still have a, that the residue of that is still in my DNA mm. of like no, you you start from the ground and you climb it and if you fall, you didn't free it. Mm. If you do, if you make it, then you freed it. which yeah. I mean that's a completely unusable ethic nowadays yeah and yeah, on on an L cap route and stuff like that. Because it's just like, who has time to just be like, oh, you're like on pitch 30, you're like, I fell and you got to start over again. <laughs> yeah. Super dumb. But it just was, I mean, talking about like how ethics have changed and attitudes have changed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it, it didn't even occur to us that that was happening. But anyway. Hmm, yeah, that is interesting. So yeah, don't put too many rules on yourself. Yeah. But it is fun. It is fun to have your rules and to like, you know, have your style points that you're you're trying to hit. Yeah. You know, because when I was doing Walls. Um, I got to the point where I wouldn't fix ropes. Yeah, nice. I would just cool. if I, I slept on the top of the first pitch, then I slept on the top of the first pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so but it was just a rule that I just came up with, and also it was you know when you're, it's hard to find a place to sleep on the floor on the valley floor. Yeah. it, it kind of made sense to just haul your free up, bivvy there up start, on our cap yeah, and start start climbing. You know, no, you so. just set up a portal edge. Then you have to deal with camp four. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> but you know there were these rules, and I had rules about. Uh, if I was soloing, I couldn't get any help carrying loads either, mm, like up or oh, up or, or down. down. Yeah, up or down. Yeah, because you're on a sol- you're That's soloing. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, that's kind
0: of the. That's what attracts me to like, uh, or makes me respect people who solo walls. Is like you're doing every ounce of effort for the whole climb, right? From bottom to top. Like that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it has its advantages too, mm-hmm. socially. I mean, you can just. You mean just, like you don't need a partner? Yeah, well, and yeah. also you just, when I would go up, if you fail, you fail because of you. Yeah, you right. Know? That's kind of what I was talking about, yeah. like
0: having the opportunity to lead the whole free riders, like, you know, I'm the only person that is going to get us to the top. Right. Or or not, or fail, you know? Yeah. I kind of like assuming that. Yeah, it's responsibility. heavy. It can be heavy yeah. too, but
1: it's fun. It brings out the best or worst in you right. sometimes, you know? Totally. So. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for sitting down. Yeah. I know you were a little like, uh, skeptical about why i got in touch with you a little bit (laughs) but a lot of a lot of the folks that sit down on this are
0: are like that they're Uh, less like well yeah yeah i appreciate the call stoked to be stoked to be here
1: yeah and i and and, um you know i I appreciate your attitude Mm -hmm. uh i think you've got a good head on your shoulders in terms of of getting after climbing and and like i said it's i i find it really interesting to see what you're doing and there's a lot of Like media being put out by climbers right now that I have no interest in whatsoever. Yeah,
0: I agree. Yeah, try and keep it. Try and keep it as real as it can. You know, just following, following the example of the people I looked up to back in the day. The stone masters. masters, Yeah, minus the drugs. Don't do drugs.
1: Okay, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to Jordan for sitting down. He seems surprised that I gave him a call to come on the show, but I don't think he should have been. He deserves some recognition for what he's up to. And I want the Enorma cast to be an early adopter. Jordan is like the band I saw first, even though I don't have the T-shirt to prove it. Okay, folks, guess what? If you're here, if you're still listening, if you've been through the advertising and you've listened to the episode and you're still hanging out for the ending and the quote and all the things that happen here at the end, You're the kind of person that needs to go look at my shop. I have a shop at ornormacast.com. After seven years, I'm selling merch. People have been telling me to sell merch for seven years. Finally selling some merch. Some new t-shirts and also some great hats from Peter W. Gilroy. Made some custom hats for the OrnormalCast. Go check them out. Pick them up. Get one for every member of the family. Grandma will look great. In a flat brim or trucker hat. No doubt. And, of course, help yourself this fall as you're climbing. Be careful out there and check your knot. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No! Try not! Do!
0: Or do not! There is no try.